ended there with that prayer. Come on. All right. Tough crowd. Here we go. Luke chapter 10. We're going to start off in verse 38. How many of you are excited for the heat victory? All right. How many of you are excited for the victory we have in Jesus? Good. All right. Um, Luke chapter 10. If you could just get ready to read this, everyone should have it open. It's Mary and Martha worship and serve here. And let's kind of read this. It says, now it happened that as they, as they went, it says here, they entered a, he entered a certain village, Jesus being he. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet, and she would hear his words, his every word. She would just sit at his feet and hear it. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? She's left me to serve alone. So therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, I don't think he was screaming. I think he was filled with compassion for her at this moment. You're so worried and troubled about many things. But there's one thing that is needed, and Mary, your sister, Mary, she's chosen that one thing that is needed, that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I wanted to focus on these verses and, and talk about Mary and Martha, but mostly about Martha today. And if you're taking notes, which you should be, write this down in your notes. Today's message is titled such. It's titled this. It's when serving loses worship. If you could just write that down. That was fine. When serving loses worship. As we look into these verses right here, about five verses, we're going to talk a little bit about the person who serves God. And if you're here today, this is what I hope you're at in life. Ready? I need you guys just to pay attention to me real quick. I hope you're at a place where you are serving God. You desire to serve God. Or you're coming to a place where you're going to begin to serve God. Amen? I'll repeat that. If you're here today, I hope that you are serving God, you desire to serve God, or you're at a place, okay, at a place right now that you're going to make a decision of, I know and I have to serve God, and you're at that place of getting ready to serve God. And when you look at service and you look at people in Scripture that had served God, you know, there are great men and great women in Scripture that were distracted in serving. I don't know about you, but in your time with Jesus, in your walk with the Lord, have you ever been distracted? Anyone in here ever been distracted? Five, seven, eight of you? Okay. I've been distracted many times, man. Many, many times. If I stand up here and tell you, well, I've never been distracted, I'll be lying, okay? Because if you know me very good, anything distracts me. I'm very easily distracted. It's one of my gifts that God's given me, okay? You know, I'm driving and I'm distracted. And my wife has to kind of like hit me and say, wake up. And I forget that I'm driving. I'm that sick with my gifting, okay? But in Scripture, there are great men and women that are distracted in serving. For example, we'll just name a few, and we'll throw women because we don't get, want to get none of the women offended. How come you didn't mention no women in none of your examples? But, so we want to please you women. Amen, women? 
<laughs> all right? One of them is Eve. You all know Eve, right? Wife of Adam. Good. That was like Christian 101. If you didn't know that, you were in trouble. All right? That was like dangerous right there. Okay. Um, even the, like, <laughs> atheists know who Eve is. But whatever, let's get into this. Eve. I'm just playing. If you know who Eve is, Jesus loves you today, man. I just, we like to laugh here a little bit. Eve was a perfect example of someone who was distracted in their service. Um, Eve got distracted, if you guys remember her story. Her and Adam, uh, Jesus, God gave them some commandments, and they got distracted, and they took a fruit that they weren't supposed to take. Long story short, what happened? Sin entered the world, and today we're all like, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. You guys, yeah, thanks a lot, right? Well, Eve is a perfect example of someone who's been distracted. David, David's a good example. David was distracted various times. I mean, David was kind of like me, you know, he had ADD. He was easily distracted. But one of his most famous distractions was he wanted some fresh air one day, and he goes out to his balcony, and he looks down his balcony, and he saw one hot woman. And he saw her naked taking a shower. And he says, man, she looks good. Well, this woman was married. He took her in, got her pregnant, killed, killed her husband, and a whole lot of mess. Well, you know, it, David dealt with that sin for the rest of his life with his own children. David was distracted. Um, Aaron, you know, Aaron, this is a little bit higher up in Christian 101 now. This is like Christian 2 or 3. Aaron was the brother of who? I told you, you know, some Moses. Okay, Moses, good. Aaron, the brother of Moses, was distracted, if you remember his story. But not only was Aaron distracted, so were the children of Israel. Quick little summary. Moses had a specific duty. The children of Israel were scared of the glory of God. And they said, hey, we don't want the glory of God. You go and you seek God in his glory. We'll chill down here and party as you seek God's glory. And you come back after 40 days and you tell us what God said because we're really freaked out with that fire and smoke and the earth shaking kind of stuff. You guys remember the story of Moses? So Moses goes up to the mountain and all that stuff happens. And Aaron is left in charge. And Moses says, I'm going to go hang out with God. Aaron, you stay with, my, with the children of God. You stay. And now you're the caretaker of God's children. And Aaron says, amen, I got it. I got this, Moses. And Not good. Moses comes down the mountain and Aaron and the children of God are worshiping golden Golden, dumb bulls and cows. You gotta be kidding me. You're seeing smoke, fire, and the earth tremble, and you're bowing down to a golden cow? You gotta be joking me. Aaron was distracted. I mean, are we, are we getting this? Mighty men and women of God were distracted. Why am I saying this? Because, because, because if you've never been distracted in serving the Lord, I want you to know to be very careful. Because if these great, mighty men and women of God got distracted, so will you. Okay? Okay? So, so we look at some of these examples. Samson was a great example. Samson had a pact with God. Samson had the man with the best. You know, remember when I was letting my hair grow? Man, what a mission that hair was, man. I mean, formulas and gels and, oh, my God, and I had to wake up a little bit earlier to do my. It was horrible. You know, I said, cut this thing off, and I'll just like, and then it's easy now. But, but, but Samson in the Bible was the man with the greatest hair. So much that he made a pact and a covenant with God. And God says, don't you ever cut your hair or your braids. Ever. 
The day that you cut them is the day that our covenant has been broken and the day that you lose all your strength. Well, Samson got distracted. You guys remember Samson's distraction? Yeah, a woman that he was not supposed to be with. And he told her his covenant with God and cut his hair and he got distracted with Delilah and he lost his strength. Abraham got distracted. We preached about him not that long ago. He almost had himself and his wife killed and he was distracted with this thing called fear. You've ever been distracted with fear? I have. And he lies about Sarah, his wife, being his sister and he almost dies and she almost dies. I mean, he almost lost him and his wife. These are some great men that I've just named. Some great woman, women like Eve. Eve. Eve is the mother of all women. Amen? She's all our mothers. Sounds weird, right? But it's all over Scripture. And when you look at serving God and you look at distractions, and, and it's from Genesis to Revelation. Peter got distracted all over Scripture. People got distracted. And it's hard to see anything good come out of one who is being distracted in their serving and in their worshiping God. It's hard to see anything good. And, and I know that I've been distracted and nothing good has ever come out of it. The only one thing that I could say that has come out good of my distraction is that I've realized my point and I couldn't do anything else but to come back to Jesus and humble myself and make things right with the Lord again. Anyone ever been there? And that's probably the only one good thing about my distraction. So when I ask you, have you ever been distracted? I hope you could answer that openly today because this is why, ready? I know that without a shadow of a doubt, as we share today's word, there are some of you sitting here today that are so distracted, and that is the reason why you are not where you need to be with God today. I'm being serious with you today. I'm being so honest with you today. You got beef with people that God is already telling you to, can you just shut that stuff up already? You got so many things wrong with your heart already that God is like, can you just get healed already? got so many issues that God's like, dude, can you stop being distracted already? So what is distraction? It literally means this. It's having your attention diverted. It's, it's literally your attention is drawn away, rendered incapable of behaving or reacting in a normal manner. Ain't that freaky? That when you are distracted, you're incapable of behaving the way you were called to behave? That when you are distracted, you are incapable of, incapable of reacting in the way that you are called to react. Because you're filled, watch this, when you're distracted, you begin to get filled with worry. You begin to get filled with this thing called remorse. You become irrational. And I love this word, ready? You become disturbed when you become distracted. You see, when you're like Mary... In this story that we just read in Luke chapter 10, when you're like Mary, things seem easy. Life seems easy. Check this out. You feel closer to God, and God feels closer to you. You pray to God, and God hears you, and he speaks back to you. I mean, things are awesome. You know, you're fasting, and you're hearing God's voice. Hello, son. Thank you. I mean, it's just powerful stuff when you're Mary. I mean, you're cleaning his feet, and we'll stay there. And I mean, just some amazing things. He hears you. You hear him. See, but when you're Martha in this story, you're busy. You're busy all the time. You're, you you got a lot of things to do. You're, 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 you're so caught up. 
And, and it's not necessarily a bad busy. It can be a good busy. It could be you're serving in church. You're serving your family. You're leading your family. You're leading at work. You're hosting. You're, you're just this leader person. You're involved. You're, 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 you're just, you're, 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 your language of love is a language of serving one another, serving others. And, and man, you're doing a, such a great job at serving. And maybe you come to this church. Now, I, I, I heard a preaching by one of my favorite preachers, and he talked about Mary and Martha one time. And he said, you know, Martha has the wrong uh, they, they've kind, the church has kind of bashed her the wrong way. He says, because everyone talks bad about Martha, Martha, Martha. And everyone talks good about Mary, you know. Everyone wants to be Mary. But in a church, if someone calls you, well, you're such a Mary at New Life, you know, you're going to be excited. Yeah, I'm a worshiper at church. You know, people recognize me as a Mary. But it's very difficult to be considered a Martha within a body of people. And this pastor was talking about that, and it's so true. Let me explain to you why. Because have you noticed that if it wasn't for a bunch of Marthas in the church, the church wouldn't exist? Th think about that. Because, because a lot of us love to come, sit, receive, and leave. But, but how about, man, thank you, Ali. Thank you, Fonzie. Thank you, worship team, for serving us in worship. Thank you, ushers, for keeping the church clean. Thank you, sound, for making the sound right and the visuals right. Thank you, guys, that make the bills work, for letting the AC. Think about the people that serve within a church ministry. They get no credit. Just think about those people. Thank you, the one that's behind the scenes that, that runs so many things, but they're never up here publicly, and they're never seen at, and you just go home every day, and you basically run so much stuff in the ministry, but no one knows it but you and God. And that could be very frustrating for you because you want at least a little bit of credit, but you walk out of here, not one credit is publicly given to you, but those kind of people make the church run, Amen. And, 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 and if you think about it, praise God for people like that. I, I actually pray for more Marthas actually and Marys in the church. And I'll explain to you in a little bit why. Because Marthas that have their mind right are amazing people. Amazing people. Let's get into the word today. And I hope this blesses you as I kind of give you a little introduction here. Here it is. Ready? When you begin to serve God... And serving begins to lose its reason. It loses its force, guys. When you're serving God, it loses its passion. Ready? Do not raise your hands. But let me give you guys an example. Have you been serving God and you've been on, how many of you have been, like what we Christians call the fire? You know, I've been on fire for God. How many of you have experienced that? I've been on fire for God moment. Anyone here? Most of us? Okay, yeah, I've been on fire for God. Ready? But have you lived at any point of your life where that, I'm on fire for God. Ready? Has dulled down and you're just like, I'm not on fire for God anymore. I've lost my, my passion. Has that ever happened to you? I've lost my, my drive. I've, I've lost what I feel is my purpose as I serve God. You see, because when you begin to serve God and you lose your reason of why you serve, you lose that passion, you lose that fire, you lose that focus, you lose that force, you lose that purpose. And the reason behind your serving, church, if you're taking notes, right? Your serving is to bring worship to the Lord. Very important. Underline that and write a star next to it. Draw a star next to it. And here's what happened. Martha's service was no longer worship unto the Lord. She became distracted. She became troubled. She became disturbed with things that have nothing to do with bringing glory to the Lord. I want you just to imagine what just happened here. Martha was known to be the older sister. 
Because notice this, ready? She sees Jesus, and it says, and he came into whose house? Her house, meaning that she was the what? Owner of the house, paid the bills. And, and if you kind of look at Mary, Mary was kind of like what one of my favorite pastors says. She was kind of like the freeloader. She lived off Martha. You guys know anyone like that? All right, All right put your hand down. All right, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's not even give examples because I don't want to offend no one. But, but here's Mary living in her sister's life. Pay rent at least. Help do the dishes at least. Take out the garbage at least. You know, do something at least. But, but Jesus is at the house, and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like, and then Martha's over here cooking supper, washing dishes, checking the oven, getting the lemonade ready. And she's like, what the heck is my sister doing? I want some of that. I want to receive how she's receiving. Now, I don't doubt it because the way the houses were made small and stuff and, and open, that as she was making stuff in the kitchen, she was listening to every word that Jesus was saying at the same time. But she wasn't at the position that her sister Mary was in. And when she began to look at her sister Mary, she got disturbed in her heart. She got distracted in her heart. Something clicked in her heart that she goes up to Jesus says, excuse me, Jesus, in the middle of his speech, and says, do you not care that I'm in there cooking for everyone, and my sister is at your feet doing nothing? Isn't that awesome? Can you tell her to get her lazy butt up and come serve at the kitchen with me? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're so distracted. You're so disturbed with such stupid little things. could almost see the compassion of Jesus. There's one thing that is right today, and your sister Mary has chosen it, and that will not be taken away from her. Can you imagine how mad Martha was now? Well, I'm going to tell you thing right now. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Martha was in the kitchen. But why was she in the kitchen? Why? Did she want Jesus to recognize her serving? Or was she washing dishes and cooking a hot meal? Because in her heart, she knew that it was her act of worship before the Lord and the congregation that was in her house. We're going to get back into that. Martha's service was no longer worship to the Lord. She became so troubled with things that have nothing to do with bringing God glory while her sister Mary was at the feet of Jesus, worshiping the Lord. The Bible, one one translation says, listening to his every word. I would have kicked my little brother in the head (laughs) and says, boy, you better get up and come help me wash these dishes right now if I knock you out, okay? And here's Mary. And Mary's worship became her service. Check this out. Mary's worship became her service, and she found, watch this, she discovered her purpose of living. Church, I need you to catch this. 
while Martha's service was emptied of worship and she lost her reasoning and purpose of living. Wow. Uh, come on. Uh, Martha discovered, like Jesus said, her purpose of living at the feet of Jesus. Mary, because she got so distracted, she lost the purpose. And she lost, she was emptied of worship. You know, in the Bible, if you're taking notes of a scripture that we mention here a lot of church is this, Romans 12, 1. You already know it by heart. And Romans 12, 1 says, offer a living sacrifice, right? You know what that means, right? You no longer belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus now. You no longer belong to you. It's kind of freaky if you think about it. Your body no longer belongs to him. It's called to die and to live for him. And watch what it says. You are now holy and you are pleasing to God. And watch what it says next. This is your, can you say this with me? And, yeah. This is your true and proper worship. What is? That your body is now a living sacrifice to God, and it is holy, and it is pleasing to him. Really? I don't share it with other lovers, and I don't share it with lust, and I don't share it with my, with my other sinful desires. And God says, no, your body and your all belongs to me now. And you're like, crap. And he's like, yeah, it's mine now. You pick up the cross and you follow me. You see, it's not good to continue to live in sin. And it's not good to continue to live in that lifestyle. And it's not good to give your body to other things that your body was not meant to. You belong to me now. And, and, and here's Martha in the kitchen. And here's Mary at the feet. And Martha says, get my sister up from her butt and tell her to help me serve. And Jesus says, no, she's figured it out. She's discovered her purpose that her body is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. And her reason of living is to worship me. And that's what she's done here at my feet. She's chosen the right thing and it will never be taken away from her. You could just imagine Martha's heart. Oh, she didn't know what to say next. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. Just checking up. I'll go back and finish the meal. What is she going to tell Jesus? What is she going to say to Jesus? This is why the Lord says, Martha, you're worried and you're upset over all these little details. And there's only one thing that's worth. One thing that's worth to be concerned about. Your sister has chosen that one thing. She has discovered it. I love that underline, that word. She has discovered it and chosen it well. It's not going to be taken away. Listen, listen, church. The Lord, the Lord will not take away from you what you have discovered for yourself. And you have to discover it for yourself already, church. Listen, you have to discover it already. That's your purpose, your reasoning. Check this out. It is to worship God. Your life needs to worship God. It's not setting up a meeting with me or one of the leaders or going to a Starbucks and drink coffee and everything's going to be okay after that. It is at the end of the day between you and God. Do you know God? Do you worship God with your life? That's your reason of living. I wish I could rub a certain salt on you or a certain oil and sprinkle and say, ching, you're different. Or I could go like that on my nose, ding, 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 like the, love that show. Bewitched. Yeah, I liked it, whatever. I lived with two women my whole life. Here we go. You have to discover for yourself your purpose. Your reasoning, Lord, it's to worship you. It is to give you all the glory because, because only in Jesus 
is their full and true glory. And that's where all your worship goes to. You know, in 1 Peter, if you're taking notes, write this down. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, you don't have to turn there. Write this down in your notes. Very important that you write notes in church, guys. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this, that his glory, this glory that awaits us, this, this inheritance, it's an imperishable, undefiled, and it's unfading, and it's kept in heaven for me and you. Ain't that awesome? It never spoils. It never fades away. It never becomes corrupted. There's this glory that you and I are going to go to and we're going to receive and we're going to become this glory as well. And it's waiting for us in heaven and it's not corrupted and it's imperishable. And, and all I know is things that decay and all I know is things that spoil. I've talked to you a little bit about my bread in my bin. Me and my wife, we hardly eat and, and we leave bread in the bin and after a week or so, we take it out. I want to eat a sandwich. Out of, out of, out of the blue, the day we want to eat a sandwich... Is the day that we take out the bread and the bread is spoiled and there's mold on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's old. And like, crap, it was the day I wanted a sandwich, right? Everything I know is decay. Everything I know, we grow old and we die. Everything I know is imperishable, right? Like the crown that the heat just won. That crown doesn't make it to heaven. That crown stays here. You know what I'm saying? That victory we'll forget after next year's championship. Think about these things. These things just come and these things just what? Go. But there's one thing that never fades away. There's one thing that is imperishable. There's one thing that is undefiled. There's one thing that is created that is perfect. There's one thing that nothing will ever be able to touch. There's one thing that is sure, that is certain, and that nothing will be able to erase it from its time. And that is the glory of God that awaits us in eternity. And we say, really? And God says, yeah, and it's just for you. That all I want you to do is live in that glory and become that glory. It's for me, yeah. What does that mean about you and I? That in eternity, me and you will never decay. We're imperishable. We're undefiled. Ain't that awesome? You see this guy up here? If you get a little bit closer, just a little bit closer, you'll notice I have gray hairs here. It's all right. It's all right. If you get a little bit closer, I'm getting a little thin up here. It's all right. If you get a little closer, my knees are cracking a little bit every time I get up in the morning. It's all right. Because all I am is getting closer to my death so that I can live forever. It's all right. I welcome the gray hairs. I welcome the bald spots. I welcome the knees cracking because I know that every second and every year that passes by, I'm getting closer to the glory that is in heaven for me. Come on, church. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to dye my hair when I get old. I mean, if you do that, I'm not saying you're in sin. Relax. That's cool. Keep doing that. I'm not saying that. Okay? Chill. Me as a man, I'm not going to do that. Welcome it. I'm getting closer to my glory, baby. I'm getting closer to my glory. My mom was with me the other day. My mom noticed it for the first time. She goes, oh, my God, Regal. I go, what, Mom? She goes, amen. She goes, it's okay. She goes, she goes, you have gray hair on your chin. And I said, I know you saw that. They're all over now. She's like, oh, my God. And, you know, some people, someone will get sad, right, and go get Rogaine. What is that called? No. Yeah, I think they have Rogaine coloring now. And, and they will color their chin and say, hey, mom, how you like me now? But we welcome it. And we welcome it with pride. Because it's a glory. 
But you know, you could only say that if your lifestyle on earth is a lifestyle that is set for one reason and one purpose, and that is to worship God, that you could say, glory awaits me. Because I don't desire to worship myself. There's days that I do, man, and the Lord rebukes me, trust me. He does it good, too. He rebukes me very well. But at the end of the day, my main desire is, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to worship you. Why? Because I can't worship myself in eternity. My glory fades. But the glory that awaits me in eternity that belongs to him, it's unfading. It's imperishable. It's perfect. And it's in heaven for us. So, guys, watch this. Ready? Here's this glory that is mine and yours, eternal inheritance. And Mary chooses well, and she discovers it. She says, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now Martha was in the kitchen, and she was lost and serving, and her heart became so affected. I like to say this, ready? Not only so affected, but so infected with others, like her sister, that she no longer had her attention, listen, where it needed to be. Because when she was washing dishes and cooking the cinnamon rolls in the oven, what she should have been thinking was, I do this for the glory of God. But instead she said, my sister is not helping me, and here I am, and I don't get no credit while she's at the feet of Jesus asking him all the questions, and I'm over here serving like a slave, and no one notices me. And Martha, you got the service wrong. My message today is titled, When Service Loses Worship. And here is Martha in the kitchen, and what should have brought worship to the Lord, it began to distract her, and it caused hurt in her heart, and now that became a burden when it used to be worship. And some of us are serving in our church, and we're doing something that used to be worship to God, and now it's become a burden because your heart is not right with God. Come on. Yeah. You could be in the children's, and you hate it because your heart's not right. You could be up here and you hate it because your heart's not right. You could be preaching and you're miserable because your heart's not right. And what used to be worship to the Lord has become a burden. Why? Because you took your eyes off the Lord and you've been distracted with all these other little details that have nothing to do with the glory of God and with the reason of God. It became about you. And Martha said, Jesus, what about me? And you know what Jesus said? What about you? Your sister chose the right thing. Oh, that sucked. Man, distractions. They cause you to lose focus. They cause you to lose meaning and purpose. They cause you to grow remorseful. And that which once brought worship, just like the kitchen, is now actions that are absent. Listen, absent of what they were created to do, and that was to worship the Lord. Wow. Man, I hope you guys are listening to this message. Wow. I have a couple of questions for you. Ready? One, two, three, four, five-ish. Maybe you've served God, but you're quitting now. Are you quitting now? Number two, you say you love God, you love Jesus, but your life doesn't show it. Number three, you're mad at people you once called brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're mad at them. You, you can't even look at them in the eyes. You know, you just, they come in. Just, hey, what happened to you? the relationship? Number four, you're doing things, but you no longer have joy in doing them, the joy of the Lord. Number five, you no longer see yourself walking. I, I know I'm a child of God, but I'm not really walking in God's will. Is any of those you? 
If any of those are you, you've been distracted. You've been Marthasized. You've been Marthasized. Over here, over here. Over here. You've been Marthasized. And you need to get back and become Marylized. Become Marylized. That should be my message. Become Marylized. <laughs> so church, is this you? Examine yourself now. That if you've lost your reasoning, if you've been disturbed, can you admit it today and get it right before the Lord? When you're like Martha, listen, church, you begin to get distracted and you begin to worry. And that begins to act like a thief in your life and it robs us of the joy of God. The joy that he wants us to experience every day. And basically, all our worries and all our distractions come down to two things. Write this down in your notes. Two things that it comes down to. And the two things that these distractions comes down to is this. Ready? We don't get what we need. And then number two, we lose what we've got. It's not about what you need and it's not about what you've got. It's about what God gives you and about what God gives you what you need. God is the one that gives you what you need. You don't keep what you need. The Lord gives it to you already. And here's Martha, and she was worried, disturbed. She was troubled, every word in the book. And it showed up as Jesus came to dinner. She worked hard in the kitchen while her sister Mary sat listening to every word of Jesus. And in frustration, she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work? I love the message translation. Look at this, guys. The message says this. Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word said, um, that Jesus said, but Martha, she was pulled away. Everyone say pulled away. Have you ever been pulled away? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm over here. I need to get back right with God. And she was pulled away by all she had to do. You've been pulled away? I can't go to church anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because I have to do this now. Really? That's, that's, that's a distraction now when it never was? I, I, can't, I can't serve anymore in that ministry because, you know, my, my, my husband, you know, my wife. Really? That never was a distraction before. Excuse before. I can't because, you know, now, now I have a kid. And, you know, maybe you have a kid, Pastor. I know. Yeah, that's a good one always, you know. And, and we, we give all these different things. Now, the worst one is, well, God, I can't serve you to the ability I used to serve you anymore in everyday life because, 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 because. Those are just wasteless excuses. And, and I want you to get this to your head because Satan comes and life comes. And what it tries to do is tries to pull, pull us away by everything that we have to do. I got to pay the bills. I got to go to work. I got to work my second job. And I got I to gotta make sure that my child is fed. And I got to make sure my wife has attention. And I got to make sure that, that I, I visit the church members. And I got to make sure I'm faithful in church. And I got to make sure I tithe now. And I got to make sure I... And I, how many of you live like that? You know? You're dancing in your life. You're like, oh my God. I just need to breathe. And God says, you're being pulled away. Stay still. Be still and know that I am your God. And so many times we get pulled away. And watch this. When she was pulled away by everything she had to do in the kitchen, watch what it says in the message. It says later, later. You know what that shows me later? She was thinking about it in the kitchen. But my sister, I'm going to knock her out tonight when Jesus leaves. Just think about this. You've, you've been there, you know. When I've been mad at my wife and I have company over. Oh my God, I can't wait for everyone to leave. I'm going to tell my wife what I think, man. I'm going to tell her, man. Nancy, I can't believe, you know, or more of the times it's her to me, you know, I can't wait for everyone leaves. Rico, I'm going to give it to Rico when he, and, and that's what Martha was doing later, later when she couldn't take it no more, she stepped in, the message says, she stepped in, and watch what the message says, she interrupted them. Excuse me, can I, can I say something here? Jesus is like, yeah, I guess I'm in the middle of giving some amazing words, what, what the heck do you want? 
And she says, Master, you don't care. And you can just picture him, really. That my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me. Tell her to help me. See, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person in life that interrupts what Jesus is doing because of my own frustrations. The NLT says that she said, Lord, it seems unfair. Really, does it? She just sits here and I do all the work. That's what the NLT says. The new King James says, Lord, you do not care. My sister left me to serve alone. And Jesus says, Martha, you are worried and you are anxious and you are disturbed, troubled about so many things. I'm not going to take away what she chose. Now listen. I want you to write down three things that we see in the story as we get ready to close. I'm going to ask Danny to start coming out. Three things that we notice in the story. Write this down. Number one. Martha was busy serving. Check this out. But as Martha was busy serving, write this down, she wasn't enjoying it. How many of you guys do not, do not answer this? But how many of you here today are serving, not serving in new life, but are, maybe, yeah, maybe that's for you too, but are serving God with your life, but you're not enjoying it? There's something wrong with your spiritual walk. Because the walk that we have with the Lord, man, it's enjoyable. If you're home and you're miserable because your friends are out and you're not, there's something wrong here. If you're seeking the Lord and you're walking with the Lord but you can't be like everyone else, there's something, and you're mad about that, there's something wrong here. So my question to you is this. How many of you are enjoying your time serving the Lord. If you're doing it right, man, it's fun. God is taking you through some journeys, ain't he? Showing you to some people, leading you to some places. And it's pretty freaky what he's telling you to say too. Martha was so busy serving that she wasn't enjoying it. You've ever been there? And, and, and I don't doubt it at all. Martha was a good woman. Jesus never rebuked Martha in this story. Jesus was led with compassion over her. Martha, Martha, never rebuked her. And no doubt that she wanted to please Jesus, and Jesus saw that. And I bet you you're serving, 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 serving. And deep down inside, you really want to please Jesus. But it's just this, ready? You've allowed the work of the Lord to become more important than the relationship with the Lord. You see, my preaching the gospel is never more important than my relationship with Jesus. The minute that my preaching the gospel becomes more relationship, more important than my relationship with Jesus, my preaching the gospel becomes futile. It becomes empty. It becomes vacant. There's no power in it. But more important than my preaching the gospel ministry is my relationship with Jesus ministry. And that's what happened with Martha. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, Lord, and this is so important to me. And Jesus says this, but Mary chose the right thing. What's that? Not to work right now, but just to have relationship with me. Just, just, just come to me, Jesus says. Has that happened to you? Number two, second thing I want you to notice about this story is this. Satan didn't take Martha out of the kitchen. He kept her in the kitchen doing God's work. And sometimes that's where Satan has his best. 
so busy thinking that we're serving God right. But in our serving God, Satan creeps in and he steals the purpose in why you serve God. So you're doing all this service, but there's no purpose behind it. And then one day, certain people will go to heaven and say, Lord, Lord, we casted out demons in your name. We did wonders in your name. And the Lord says, I never knew you. You did a lot of good work, but there wasn't enough relationship. Never knew you. That's pretty freaky. As long as the enemy could steal our purpose for being there and the reason for serving, he has us. He's not going to turn you against the church. He might not turn you against me. He might not turn you against a brother or sister. He might not. He might just have you focus on yourself. And when you begin to focus on yourself, that is your greatest downfall. Because when it becomes about me rather than he, we are the most dangerous places, place that we can be in. So one of the greatest things that the enemy does is, Eve, you don't really think God meant that when he said that you can't eat from that fruit, right? He was just giving you an example. Of course you could eat from this fruit. Don't be so naive, Eve. Don't be so stupid. You don't really think God meant that, did you? The cunning serpent. And everything about Eve's life became about her at that moment. And no longer about God. You know what, Adam? I was thinking about what the cunning serpent said. That snake is pretty smart. You don't really think that God meant we couldn't eat from that tree. Why else would he put it here? Let's come on. Let's go eat from the tree, Adam. All right, baby. Whatever you say, men, she takes the fruit, eats it, he eats it. Listen, listen, listen. It became about me. And it no longer became about he. And that's what the enemy does to us. We could be serving in the church. Why? What a man of God. Woman of God, you're tricking everyone. You got no one fooled. I mean, you got everyone fooled, but not God. And the enemy is right behind you like, you got everyone fooled. You're so caught up in your work that you forgot about your relationship. You're so caught up in what you do that you, you forgot about who he is. You don't possibly think, church, that Jesus really meant that you need to pick up the cross and follow him, do you? You don't think that, right? You don't really think that he really meant to be holy as he is holy, do you? You could sin a little bit and go home at night and say, oh, Father, forgive me, and you're okay. Come on, how many of you live like that? Don't lie to me. I, used to, I live like that at times. You live like that. Well, God will understand I'm just a sinner like everyone else. And then you come back at home. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I know I sinned, oh, God. 
And Lord, I repent of my sin. Come on, Christian, you don't really think God told you to actually live that way, do you? Come on, Christian, you don't really think you need to really read the word of God to be transformed every day, do you? Come on, Christian, you don't think you really need to fast. Huh? You don't really think that, huh? Nah, that's not for you. Come on, Christian. You don't really have to pray. Just go once a week for an hour at church and you're going to be okay. Come on, how many of us, because I'm the first one that I could say Satan has done that to me. And I've fallen for it. I bit, I bit the hook. Number two. Number two. Has your purpose been stolen in your service? He just makes you focus on yourself. He might not even take away your ministry or your Christian relationship. He just discourages you. And many times he says, well, you're so overworked and you're so unappreciated in that church. I would just never go back again because no one really focuses on you. Stay home today. Shame on you because it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ in this place. It's not about me. Number one, has things become more important than him? Number two, has he stole your purpose? Has he caused you to focus on yourself? Number three, Attitude versus actions. God values your attitude more than your actions. So number three. Attitude more than actions. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining. Yeah, amen. It's hard, ain't that? It's hard. A bad attitude spoils the gift that you offer up to God. You know that? Here I am to worship. And we're doing awesome things for God. But we have a bad attitude behind it. God's like, you want me to receive that worship? When you're so rotten with your attitude inside, your actions are in vain. I don't want that to be me, man. Bad attitude spoils the gift that you offer up to God. Jesus says, Martha, there's only one thing that is needed. Your sister's chosen it well. What did Mary choose? Sit at Jesus' feet. Because Jesus prefers that relationship, that heart after him, rather than a noisy complainer. Martha, you're such a complainer. I still love you, though. You're so worried about such little things. You're so upset about such little things, Martha. Mary has chosen the right thing. Come on, Martha. I'm going to share one, two, three, four scriptures, and I'm done. We have those four up. Psalm 27, 4 says this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord. Amen. 
all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. That's it, Lord. That's my call, man. That's my, my purpose. Number two, we'll go to the next verse. Psalm 73, 26, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine forever, man. He's mine. Number three, Psalm 119, the Lord is my portion. I promise to keep his words. Can't go anywhere else. It's a relationship. I can't lose worship in my serving God. It's everything about me is to bring worship to the Lord. And as I serve him, I can't lose worship. If I've lost worship, my serving is so dumb, so empty, so wasteful. Just stay home, Regal. Stay home. The last one, I believe. Or oh, two more. First Corinthians. And this I say for you. This is awesome. This is Paul writing to the church. I say this for your own good. <laughs> Paul being awesome, right? For your own good. You've ever heard your mom or your dad say that? I'm just telling you for your own good. You better be home on time. And you know they meant that. Porque si no, what awaits you is not cute. And Paul said, uh-uh. Children, I'm just saying this for your own good. I'm going to put a leash on you. You ever been to Disney World? You've seen those kids that have leashes all over the body? They just get a little too far. Like, whoa! You ever seen that? I mean, it's their neck, their arms, their feet, their waist. They're like, whoa! And I've always, I was always against that. You know, I was like, that's not good parenting. How can parents do that? Until my sister had my nephew. And when my sister had my nephew... I said, we got to buy him one of those things. <laughs> now, when he gets too far, everything about him goes, whoa, because my nephew's just that crazy. <laughs> so forgive me for ever thinking those parents, those parents knew exactly what they were doing. Paul told the church, I'm going to put you on one of those leash, and it's for your own good. A pastor that I know always gives this example. One day, he's crossing the street. You know, uh, on, a, on a, one of those crossways, on a four-way. And the walk sign came on, and he grabs his daughter's hand. And the pastor always says that his daughter would try to get away, but she, he would squeeze her hand and squeeze her hand and squeeze her hand. And she says, Daddy, why are you hurting me? And the dad would look at her and say, I'm not hurting you, baby. I'm just making sure you don't leave me. What, meant, what seemed to be hurt for her was actually saving her because of the love that the father had for her. Martha, I'm not hurting you. Just notice your problem as I allowed this experience in your life to squeeze you so you could get closer to me and don't stray away from your purpose of serving. It's to worship me. Do you want me to squeeze your hand a little bit harder till this knuckle becomes one with your pinky knuckle? Or can we just do this the right way? Come on, Martha. Become marilized, not Martha-sized. Do I have one more? All right, we're going to end here. You know, you might be thinking about Martha. Well, wow, man, Martha kind of stinks, you know? Don't think bad about Martha. I'll prove it to you. Ready? Yeah. 
And I end with this. In John chapter 11, verse 5, Martha and Mary's brother, Lazarus, died. Remember that story? And Jesus cries. He's hurt because he loved Lazarus. But something amazing happens in that story that no one notices. No one notices this. Ready? Everyone reads John 11, and they skip over this verse because they're so caught up with Lazarus' dead and resurrection that they forget one of the most important verses in John chapter 11. And it's tied to Luke chapter 11. Ready? John 11, 5 says this. Now, Jesus loved That's one of the most important verses in the death of Lazarus. And Jesus loved Martha. Notice what it says next. What does it say next? Yeah, yeah, and her sister. And Lazarus. Who was the one that was at Jesus' feet? Yeah, yeah, her sister. But who's the one that he mentioned he loved? That's the most important scripture that people skip. Because that's the same Martha that was so busy serving that she lost her reason of serving, which was to worship. And later on, we realize that Jesus loved Martha and her sister. He mentioned Martha's name. So Martha, who are you today? I end with John 11:5. Jesus loves Martha's. There's hope for you. Jesus loves you. Yeah, 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 your sister too, but Jesus loves you. He loves the one that worshiped here while you couldn't worship. Okay, come on, let's, let's, let's end this right today. Ready? I got to go to a wedding. I'm walking a wedding in like an hour, so I have to get out of here. But they're probably waiting for me to take pictures. But here it is. Ready? Here it is. You came here today and you couldn't worship God because your heart was not right. You wanted to worship him in that service of worship. And then there was that one person that was worshiping beautifully. And you just looked at that person and said, oh, I wanted to worship again. I can't. My heart's not right with God. And that Mary is not in your way to get to your Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that John 11 says, and Jesus loved Martha. So if you're the Martha today that came in with that heart, oh, yeah. Jesus today says, I love you, Martha. And today, let's make this right. That your serving, your serving is done in worship. Nothing else. Nothing else. Man, I could say so much about this story, but I have to end eventually, so I'm going to end right now. But there's so much that we can share on this. And I pray that you understand what God has put in my heart to share with you today. You're a Martha, amen. We need servants. But as you serve, don't lose the worship. Don't lose the reason. Come, serve. But make sure the purpose is right. If not, you're going to get burned out. You're going to get mad at me, her, them, him. You're going to leave the church. You might even walk away from God. But if your service is done in worship, I could care less. It's about me and him.
get Martha-sized with a merry heart. If you're a Martha, have a merry heart in your Martha life. It becomes wrong when you live a life serving and you lose your reason, which is to worship God. I hope your life is transformed after today. I hope as you serve here and whatever you do here, your life is transformed here because that's the word of God for you today. And that's how God wants you to live for him for the rest of your life. Amen? That's it. Serve him as you worship him in your service. Can you stand up with me as we close off today? If you could just close your eyes with me and whatever your method of praying is, if you like to close your eyes, close them. If you like to look up to the roof, if you like to look at your knees or your toes, however it is that you pray, pray right now, but I need you to open up your heart to the Lord. Let's just spend some time right now in peace right here. How many of you right now just need to get your life right? Come on, you know who you are. You've been living this Martha life, but you've been doing it wrong. You need a merry heart. Yeah, yeah, Jesus loved Mary, but man, but yeah, 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 he loved her. But he loves Martha. Martha's, he loves you today. He loves you today. Can you, Martha's, that this message was for you, can you, can you surrender it to him right now? Go ahead. I'll give you some time. Give it to your Lord right now. Right there where you're at. Some time in your word. Because Lord, you love us. You love us today. And Lord, you know every life that is here today. You know every heart, every thought, and every mind. Every action when it is taken. purpose behind everything that we do it. You know the real purpose why we do it. You know if it's true or if it's false, genuine. It's fake. 
Lord God, maybe today some of us just want to come in and disturb you. Say, Lord, Lord, I'm kind of tired, kind of hurt, kind of broken, kind of discouraged. Can I interrupt this service? And God's like, what do you want? How can I help you today? How can I meet your needs today? But Lord, look at everyone else. Everyone seems to be doing well, but not me, Lord. I'm not doing good. Do you even care? And God's like, of course I care. If it wasn't for you, my body wouldn't be made up. Of course I care about you. Martha's, I love you. But I can't take away what other people are doing. I, I just need you right now just to get right. Stand in place. So much that later on in another book, in another chapter, someone was able to record and Jesus loves Martha. I love you. The Lord tells you today, I love you. Make it right. So Lord, if there's someone here, starting with me, that any of these points, that any of these words fall to, today would be the day that we make it right. That our serving would not lose its worship. That our serving would be led in worship. I pray that every person that's here, young, older, mom, dad, child, whoever, whatever, wherever they are in life, that their life would be transformed through this word today. They would never be the same, and they would never look at serving you the same again. You are such a good God. Thank you for loving us again today. We stand in your word. We stand in your promise. And we declare what was spoken today in our lives. And we act and change our attitudes and make it correct before you today, O oh God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you are loved.